gospel, uh, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 11. It's a passage of scripture when Jesus has begun his public ministry. Amen. His public ministry. And we want to make sure uh, that uh, we understand this passage in the context, praise God, uh, of which we're sharing. Uh, Luke 5, 1 through 11, it says, on one occasion, while the crowd was still pressing on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people. He taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we taught all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. And they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men, catching people, praise God. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything, the word of God says, and followed him. James, John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon Peter, praise God. Thankful for the word. You know, I just want us to think for a moment about uh, this boat imagery, this, this metaphor that the, the passage is using. Uh, it's a metaphor for us, for life and living. Uh, you know, we're all in a boat together, whether we realize it or not. Um, I remember Epcot Center used to call the planet Spaceship Earth. <laughs> that we're all on occupying the same land uh, on this planet. We're all a part of one large family. Amen? We're in the boat together. So I want us to think about that for a little while, and we want to use some image from this passage to teach and to talk from. You know, in this instance, Peter, Simon Peter and his partners, they had gone out and been fishing all night long, and they came up empty. They were failures. They, uh, they in essence, were unable to achieve what they had set out to achieve. And in this season, you know, it's going to feel for a moment like we're failing, like we're resetting, like, uh, uh, like we don't know what the future may hold. Uh, we can feel insecure and unsafe. But God would have us to know that we're not by ourselves, that we can invite him aboard, praise God. And when we invite him aboard, he can step in and make a difference and allow us to succeed and achieve in spite of 
the circumstances. Praise God. So we need to ask God, God, how do we overcome this feeling of gloom, or doom, or failure, or fear, of doubt, and anxiousness? Well, seek him and invite him to come on board with you. Praise God. You know, many people, uh, those who were really extremely successful, they're not intimidated by failure. They're not in intimidated by fresh starts. They're not intimidated by resets. Even Thomas Jefferson, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Thomas Edison, he, it says that he tried to configure this light bulb uh, for 10,000 different configurations and, 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 and failed. And they asked him, well, how did you cope with failure? He said, I didn't consider it as failure. What I considered it as 10,000 ways won't work, but that 10,000 one way, it works. Amen. It was a stepping stone in essence. It was a, a new beginning, a fresh light. See, God wants us to not be fearful of fresh starts and new beginnings. Amen. Fresh starts and new beginnings, new seasons, new approaches, uh, new ways of doing things. Praise God. We're going to have to learn how to live in a little bit of a virtual manner for a season. That's a new, that's a new endeavor for, for many of us. Uh, but with God on our side, we can push the reset button and have a fresh start to the glory of Almighty God. In this instance, uh, Peter and his partners, they're no doubt frustrated. They've been unproductive. Uh, they've lost that day. They've lost the day. And in many instances, we've lost the day. We've seen investments dwindle. We've seen uh, seasons change. We've seen limiting of our uh, mobility and things of that nature, nature happen. So we can kind of feel like we can be overwhelmed. Can we overcome it? Can we start over? Well, if we encounter God, fresh starts, new beginnings are always possible. Praise God. We can have access to new opportunities, new ways of doing things if we seek our God. But don't read the tea leaves of the climate, the conditions, the projections, the prognosticators, those who are now, you know, saying that doom and gloom is on the way. God is in the, in the business of makeovers. And don't just depend on bailouts and stimulus packages because we have to first depend on our God, trust and depend on him, praise God. And scriptures, I love it. It says, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Praise God. That's a good God who's able to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. That's a gracious, kind, loving, benevolent God who's able to take care of us in spite of circumstances. Jesus is surrounded on the beach. There's so much interest in his teaching. He's been healing and performing miracles, signs, and wonders. Follow him everywhere he goes. And He's experiencing, you know, this significant crowd. and He steps onto a boat, amen, and he takes charge. So the first thing that I want you to understand about this thing, first point I want to make is that, that when Jesus, if you allow Jesus to take charge of your boat, amen, what does your boat represent? It, it means your livelihood. It means your business. It means your economic circumstances. This was Peter's professional livelihood. This was his boat. And he let Jesus on the boat. Not only did he let Jesus on the boat, he let Jesus take control 
of the boat. Amen. He didn't push back. He didn't hesitate. He didn't delay. He didn't procrastinate. In that moment, he let Jesus take charge of the boat. Praise God. In this moment, in this season, in every season, we should let him take charge. But let him take charge of your life. Let him take charge of your circumstances. Let him allow, allow him on your boat. Allow him in your life. Allow him in the places that in some instances we don't give Jesus access to. Amen. Part of the reason that people don't give Jesus access is because of the misnomer, the misunderstanding, misinterpretation about who Jesus is. If you haven't read the Gospels and studied the Gospels and meditated on the Word of God, stop trying to think you know a whole lot about Jesus. Amen? You know, that you know a whole about, a lot about the Christian faith. That you even know a whole lot about the church. You know, you just heard some rumors. You got a little gossip and innuendo and you ran with that. No, no, come off your high horse, humble yourself, learn more about who the real Jesus is. Not this fictitious Jesus, not a fake Jesus, but the real Jesus. Not, not lies, but the truth. Not, uh, you know, rumors, but reality. Learn about the real Jesus. And the real Jesus has a heart for us. The real Jesus has a heart for all people. The real Jesus is compassionate and loving and passionate about our condition and our circumstances. The real Jesus is alive. The real Jesus has resurrected from the dead. The real Jesus is with us. The real Jesus promises to never leave us nor to forsake us. The real Jesus is available. The real Jesus is accessible. The real Jesus is not greedy or driven by avarice. The real Jesus is alive and well, and he's sensitive to our needs. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So let him take charge. You know, some folk have kicked Jesus to the curb, kicked him off our boat, it's time to invite him in. Amen. Invite him in to access into your important possessions. Jesus gained access to Simon Peter's most important possession, his boat. He gained access to his authority. And he conceded. Here he is, a professional fisherman. He's an expert. Some of us feel like, I'm an expert at what I do. But Jesus knows about what I do. Well, Jesus was a carpenter, so this fisherman conceded, he gave way, he, he, he listened and obeyed a carpenter, amen, a builder. Jesus is a builder. He's always a builder. He builds us up. He builds our lives. He builds our livelihoods. He builds our hearts. He builds our minds. He builds strength and stamina to push through, make it out, and to make it over, praise God. So we need to seek Jesus. Right here, right now, seek him. Seek him as an income generator. Amen? Seek him as a provision maker. Seek him as a door opener. Seek him as the one who can make a way out of no way. Seek him. Amen? And hold on to him. Don't hold out. Hold on. Amen? You know, uh, Peter and them, I'm sure they'd be like, hey, you know, we can't make it. This climate is wrong. He's tired, he's exhausted, he's empty-handed, he's disappointed. What's the use? You know, I'm going to give in, I'm going to throw in the towel. You know, but Jesus says, go out. First, he went out to turn the boat into a platform to let Jesus' word spread. Not to fish first, 
but to spread the word. Amen. When we allow our lives become, to become the platform, amen, that Jesus stands on to proclaim the good news, amen, the possibilities open up. That's the first thing. He got out in the boat, got away from the crowd that was pressing on him, and he turned that boat into a makeshift pulpit to share the word of God, to teach the word of God, to, to witness to the people of God. And we must allow our lives to become platforms, our lives to become makeshift pulpits to share the word of God. Amen? That's what Jesus is allowing us to have even in this season, a platform to speak the truth, a platform to speak life into people, a platform to hope the best, to believe the best, to know that the best is possible, to know that all things are possible through our God. Amen? So this fisherman defers to a carpenter. This, this expert defers to a novice, if you will. And some of us treat the maker, the creator of the universe like he's a novice, like God don't know what's happening, like God is not definitively in control. We're trying to figure it out. Can't you see that we're always just trying to figure it out. We're behind the curve in most instances. When you watch, you know, we're, we're playing Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks in terms of seeing these newscasts and seeing these, uh, you know, the analysis and the updates and so forth, and, and we think we can do it better. Amen, somebody. Well, if I was in charge, if somebody else was in charge, it would be better. Well, you need to make sure that Jesus is in charge. Amen. When Jesus is in charge, the climate changes. When Jesus is in charge, life truly changes. Amen. So as he talked, and as that livelihood became a platform to share the good news, things changed. Then Jesus went, went further to say, listen, the first point is, you know, make sure that you give Jesus charge of your life. Amen. The second point is, you know, is, is acting on this. Let, let, him, let him act on it. Listen and obey Jesus. Listen and obey Jesus. Second point, listen and obey, obey Jesus. Now, you would think they wouldn't have taken instruction from this novice, but they took instruction from Jesus. Jesus said, now, go out a little deeper. You know, supposedly no fish biting. Go out a little deeper and cast your nets. Praise God. Cast your nets. And guess what? They obeyed. They listened. They adhered to. They complied with the request of Jesus. And as a result, as they picked up their nets, their nets were so full, when they brought the fish on board, the, the boat began to sink, and they had to call for a second boat to come out for the fish to populate that boat as well. Overflow. Somebody say, overflow. Praise God for the overflow. That's something when not only is your cup filled, but your saucer is too. Amen? Overflow. Overflow. So, so, so Jesus performs a significant miracle. The, he, 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 he commands the fish to jump into the net. Amen? And as a result, they have overflow. Hmm? Other folks are hungry, but they have things to eat, praise God. Other folks have difficulty, but their needs are being met, praise God. So, so, so Jesus is the one that feeds and leads. 
There's a scripture that says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. Isn't that something? The special provision that God makes for his children to connect with him leads to overflow. To connect with him leads to more than enough. An outcome happened that was unanticipated. An outcome occurred that was unexpected, praise God. God opened the floodgates and poured out a blessing that they did not have room enough to receive. They didn't have the capacity to receive the blessing that God had in store. Praise God. You know, when, when God is in the midst, things change. People change. Circumstances change. Situations change. Praise God. Problems are solved. Uh, questions are answered when God steps in. So listen and obey. Act on what God would have us to do to the glory of Almighty God. Amen. Do what Jesus asked. They signaled, to, verse 7, it says, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Guess what happened? The point three is share the surplus. Share the overflow. Share it. God has blessed you with something. Share it. You have more than enough. Share with somebody else. Extend yourself to somebody else. In this, e in this season, don't become a hoarder. Don't become selfish. Open your hands, praise God. And when you open your hands, you make room for God to give you even more. So become a giver. Become a generous person. Become one who makes margin room in their lives to, to bless somebody else. God is calling us in this season to be a blesser, not just be blessed, but to be a blessor, to act like we have an un, you know, unlimited measure coming our way, not act like we got to hold on to what we have because it's running out. God has a storehouse that does not run out. It is not depleted. It is not diminished in any way. He brings and he benefits and he blesses and he builds. Praise God. To the glory of God, we need to thank God for all that he does and all that he's doing. So he brings the surplus. In verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. You know, when you, when you see God working, that ought to humble you. Amen. You know, the fourth issue is walk with God in humility. Walk with God in humility. You know, the whole world is, is a bit humbled right now. But we can take that humility to the next level. What's the next level of humility? This guy, he saw God blessing. He saw God opening doors. He got, saw God uh, disseminating abundance. It humbled him from the inside out. It affected his heart. And he had to quickly say, woe is me. I'm a sinful man. Kind of like Isaiah, I, you know, I'm a sinful man. You know, my, my mouth is unclean. My heart is unclean. And I need cleansing from the inside out. So he acknowledged that he was sinner. This was an aha experience for him. This is a turning point for him. This is a, a place of change for him, praise God, because his heart began to transform and his heart began to be sensitive to God. What does God want for my life? What does God want to do through me and in me and around me? How does God want me, me to become an influence? How does God want me to use my sphere of influence to make a difference on behalf of other people, praise God? God wants us to be difference makers. But it starts with 
an examination of self. It starts with acknowledging that we have fallen short of the glory of Almighty God. It starts with humility, praise God. This miracle opened his eyes. He saw himself. Amen. What if folk could really see themselves? Doesn't it seem ironic that some people are unable to see their flaws and it's evident that they have, you know, flaws? And we all do. And we all have blind spots, things that we don't see about ourselves, but others see. And it's amazing that people don't see when it's so obvious in many instances to us. Whoa, they don't see that arrogance. Whoa, they don't see that selfishness. Whoa, they don't see that self-centeredness. Whoa, they don't see that greed. and They don't see any of this. They don't see the flesh and the lust. Have mercy, Lord. God opens our eyes so that we can see ourselves for ourselves. And when we see ourselves for ourselves, it opens up the door, praise God, for us to be, become self-aware. And self-awareness is the key to loving yourself and others. Amen? Do you have an awareness of yourself? Do you acknowledge yourself as having sinned and fallen short of the glory of Almighty God? Have you confessed and repented of your sins? This is what inspired Peter to confess. First moment of confessing was seeing God work so significantly in his life and in his livelihood. Amen. After he invited Jesus on the boat, not only did he have enough for himself and his family, amen, he had enough to give to somebody else. Out of that overflow, out of that surplus, God provided even more, praise God. He could share, he could walk with God in humility. In verse 9 it says, for he, would, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken in. Amen. So here they are having more than enough. Jesus is on the boat. Jesus makes that boat a makeshift platform to share the good news of the kingdom of God. Praise God. And then in verse 10, and so, were all, so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. Amen, somebody. Isn't that something? That God would have us catch people. That God would have us move out in his name. That God would have us move forward in his name. That God would transform our livelihoods. Amen. You know, a lot of times our livelihood, what we do to make money, is disconnected from Jesus. Jesus brings it all together. There is not this dichotomy or separation between the sacred and the secular. Amen. He brings it all together. So you can make a difference on behalf of the kingdom, on behalf of the king, on behalf of the Lord of lords and the king of kings, Jesus the Christ, right where you are. Amen. You have influence to be a light. You have influence to, to, to convey love on behalf of the king of kings. He said, look, not only am I on the boat, amen, not only am I in the boat, not only am I performing miracles on your behalf while in the boat, now we can leave the boat and go into the field. The word of God says, and, and they, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything. Did you hear me? They left everything and followed him. So guess what happened? 
last point, verse 5. Fifth point is reset your life priorities. That's what season we're in. It's time to reset. What's your life priorities? It's time to make some shifts and make some changes and reorganize and get things refurbished and re remade in your life, praise God, so that we line up with the new season that God is birthing and, uh, and shepherding us to birth. Amen. See, you know, a lot of times we struggle with whether God is the cause or the responder to the cause. We struggle with, did God cause this? You know? Or, but we also, but we always know, no matter what happens, God responds to the cause. Amen? That's why the word of God says, all things work together for the good. Not that all things are good, but all things work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's the good news of the kingdom, that he converts and transforms. He converts and transforms. He inverts things that we see as dark and dangerous and, and detrimental, praise God. He's the one who converts it into something powerful and prophetic, an opportunity, praise God. So he can take this season and make it a good season in spite of loss. Have mercy, Lord. In spite of death, have mercy, Lord. In Romans 8th chapter, I want you to read around that 30th verse in Romans 8th chapter, it talks about nothing being able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing, not death or life, not suffering or sickness or disease, uh, not trials or tribulations, not pain or difficulty, not disappointment. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So he loves us in spite of our condition, praise God. He transcends that condition and brings hope and peace and life and liberty and abundant life and eternal life and everlasting life in this season, praise God. So the reset is important right now. The word of God says in Luke 14, 33, so therefore anyone who, is, who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. So it's time to deed over everything to God. God, this is you. This is your planet. This is your world. This is your livelihood. This is your home. You got me, Lord God. And you've got a place of abode, a place that I can occupy, a place of safety and security for me in spite of every circumstance and situation. You take care of me, and I am thankful, praise God. So began to be thankful and praiseful, thankful and praiseful. Began to have some measure of content and peace about things being as well as they are. Praise God. Began to reach out to God and let him on the boat. Then allow him to allow you to succeed in that season. And then allow him to allow you to step onto the shore into the mission field to the glory of Almighty God. So our livelihoods are connected to our mission. Our life purpose connects with what God wants us to achieve and do on his behalf, praise God. So, so, so God has a way of connecting what we do to who we are. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus, for connecting what I do to who I am in you and allowing me to become an influencer where now I'm no longer catching fish. Not only, now I'm no longer manufacturing or engineering something. I'm no longer producing something. I'm producing life and liberty for Christ. I'm producing love, amen, and hope, praise God. I'm producing and reproducing what Christ came to reproduce. Because 
you know, a lot of times we feel like we're in a different boat. Can I get a witness? We're in a different boat. You know, so that's somebody else's experience. Amen. But every now and then, a worldwide event or a regional event occurs. It can be some type of hurricane or hur uh, tornado. We couldn't have predicted a pandemic to help us to realize that we're in the same boat. Am I right about it? We're in the same boat. We're all human beings passing through this planet. Frail, vulnerable, hmm? limited, vulnerable, you know, can be, we can be penetrated by disease or viruses or, or plagues. Have mercy, Lord. Things can come on us and we need to shout out to our God and give him complete and full control of our lives. God is the giver of life. He's the giver of peace. He's the giver of joy. You know, and, and every now and then, we can look to him to break down the barriers of division, discord, demarcation, amen, when we are detached from one, one another and he gives us a season where we can reattach. This is a season of reattaching to people being people, just like you and I. People, people, people frail, people vulnerable. And we can become that transparent light that reproduces love into the life of others. We can become that signpost on the road that's pointing people out of love to Jesus. We can be pointers. Real, where it says, let your light shine before men that men may see your good works. Glorify the Father who is in heaven. That's the good news of the kingdom. Where people have become dispassionate. They don't have any passion or concern for other people. Well, they're in the poor boat. Amen. They're in the economically deprived boat. They're in the boat of low or no education. They're, they're in the boat of, you know, we can have racial divisions, gender divisions, different prejudices that set up that make us feel like we're in some kind of different boat. Amen. I'm not in a little small boat. I'm, I'm traveling on a yacht, if you will. But God every now and then helps us to understand. Amen. Our circumstances help us to understand. We're in this boat together. Amen. And if that boat sinks, we all sink. So it's time for us to row together. It's time for us to live together. It's time for us to love together. It's time for us to not be in and out, but all in for Jesus the Christ. Amen. Noah built a boat when there was a great storm, a great, a great flood came upon, upon the entire earth and destroyed the earth. And people had to get in one ship, one boat. And they realized that there was but one God will protect them from danger and difficulty. We need to get on the ship that God has created and designed and know that he is our protector. He is life and love. He is liberty and peace. He is joy and hope. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. So as a result of us getting in the boat together, we can launch out to the, into the field together with Jesus being our leader. And when Jesus is your leader, you don't have to fear or fret. You don't have to be anxious or distraught. You don't have to be stressed out or depressed. He can lift your spirits and lift your life and lift your heart and lift your mind. Somebody say thank you, Jesus, for the lifter of my head. He 
He's the lifter of my head. So he wants to change this season for us. I, I saw on social media somebody uh, quote the song Hezekiah Walker penned some time ago. He says, I need you, you need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me, agree with me. We're all part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. I pray for you. You pray for me. I love you. I need you to survive. Amen. I won't harm you with the words of my mouth. I love you. I need you to survive. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you. We need one another to survive. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. So what time is it? It's a time to embrace. Amen. In the spirit. It's a time to embrace the mission and the purpose that God has for each one of our lives. It's a time for us to come out of our silos, our places of exclusion and, you know, the places that we're cloistered off and doing our own things. Amen, somebody. It's a time for us to move closer to God and closer and closer and closer to one another. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's the God we serve. The God that has you and he has me. Amen. I want you to stand up in your spirits out there and believe God. Believe God. It's a hopeful God, a God who gets on the boat with us and speaks peace, be still to the storms. Amen. And he'll change your trajectory. He'll change your life. Amen. These guys, they took on a different livelihood. I remember, you know, being in college and I'm getting ready to go to uh, law school. And I felt a tug on my heart, the call of God to do something different. And I wound up going to seminary three years to work on a master's of divinity because, you know, God calls and God changes and God transforms. God shifts seasons. He gives new directions and new directives to the glory of Almighty God. So, so let him have your way in you. Hear his call. I'm not the only one. I'm a professional. This is my, my whole life. But he wants us to connect our sacred and secular. He wants us to connect our livelihood and our mission. Amen. He wants us to let him on our boat, to let him into the places of significance and importance and value to us so that he can minister, massage our hearts and minds, transform those minds, renew those minds. The word says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he wants to make us over in his image so that we can be about his business. Success occurs as a result of that connection. Increase occurs as a result of that connection. Abundance occurs as a result of that connection. Overflow occurs as a result of that connection. Provision occurs as a result of that connection. Protection occurs as a result of that connection. Freedom of mind, heart, spirit, and soul. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and for your liberty. I want to invite somebody to uh, 
decide to let Jesus on the boat, to allow him to navigate for you, to take full and complete control of your life, to give you your heart, give you your mind, give you your life, your livelihood, put it on the altar, worship him with all that you have and all that you are and all that you hope to be. Focus on him. Let him have his way in your life. Praise God. So I want to invite you through this virtual outlet to accept, to receive, to believe, to stand on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He's life and liberty. He came to give life. He came to give abundant life. And he came to give everlasting life. And we're thankful that he's here for us. He's here with us. He has not left us. He has not forsaken us. Let him on your boat. Let him navigate your life. Let him help mitigate impediments and problems from coming in and give you peace that surpasses human understanding. Somebody shout, thank you, Lord. Come on, shout, thank you, Lord. Shout, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and benefits. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful, kind, and gracious mercies. And your, thank you, Lord, for, for meeting my needs. Thank you, Lord, for giving me life. Thank you, Lord, for giving me liberty. Thank you, Lord, for birthing in me hope to the glory of Almighty God. I want to invite somebody to make a decision. You can message us. You can send us an email at info at rejoicingthelord.org. But we want to invite you to make a decision for Jesus to let him on your boat. Just send us a note. Say, I've decided to let him on my boat. I've decided to let him into my life. I've decided to let him enter into my heart. I know he's knocking at the door of my heart and I say to him today, come in. Occupy me. Come in. Infill me. Come in. Take control of me. Come in that I might be born again. Filled with the spirit of Christ. Live and love on behalf of Jesus the Christ. Let him have his way today. I want to invite somebody. They're going to worship a bit more right now. And let's come to him. You're invited. Decision making time. Jesus be the center of my life. He's the center. Jesus be the center of my life. He's the center. From beginning to the end. He's the center. It's you, Jesus. Jesus. Say from my heart, from my heart, Jesus, you be the center. Jesus, you are the center. It's all about you. It's all about you. To come be the center of my life. Be the center of my heart. Be the center of my life. In the name of Jesus, it's all about you. Yes, it's all about you. It's all about you. Yes, you are. Jesus, you are. He's at the center of our lives. Let him be the manager. Let him be the CEO. Let him be the supervisor of your life. Let him have his way in you today. Today, I give my life to you, Lord God. 
Thank you for your love. Thank you for your provisions. Thank you for the life and liberty that I experience in you. Won't you bow your heads all over? Just bow your heads and pray after me for.